Oh, so interesting. As soon as I hit record, your video started working again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. I hope it stays that way. Also, can you, is, was my video frozen or could you have, no, were you seeing me this whole time? Cool, cool. Um, that's awesome. So what is the difference between an EP and an album? Please tell ignorant people like me. Um, I guess the EP is like usually a collection of like four to five to six songs and then an album um, is like 12 to 15. It's kind of like minute length, like an EP is like 20 to 30 minutes and a full mm -hmm. album, like I think about an hour worth of music. It's mm -hmm. kind of like give or take though. It's usually like whatever you feel, but one's a shorter one's just longer. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so like the only difference between for you right now is just how much music can you put together and then what you really want. Because you mentioned that it's most realistic right now for you to do an EP. Um, and don't let me put, put words in your mouth. Maybe uh, correct me if that is not, if I misunderstood you. Um, but you mentioned that an EP is more realistic right now. And is that because just it's it's easier to do like less music or is there another reason? Yeah, it's just like less stuff to put together and like the whole recording and like practice process just takes forever. Um, and just like logically as like an artist who's never released music before, like it's just good to start with like, oh like a little single and then like release an ep like give like your fan base like a taste of what kind of music you're putting out um and then like work towards an album just like doing mm -hmm. the stepping stones but i like to kind of shoot further than i probably should um and, like you know for me it would be like oh let's release an album and it's like kind of too much but i would like just do it anyway because i'm like yeah whatever might as well if i'm gonna like release music might as well go crazy and release an album mm -hmm. is there any um like so right now, um, um, you're an upcoming artist, you're working on your music, you're working on finding your sound. Are there any strategic decisions that you have to make in terms of like what to release first and what, or like, do you think about that? Like how you can be more strategic in them, in what you put out there or honestly, like just whatever you can do, you do. Um, I guess there is some like, you kind of have to think about like how you're going to market yourself. And like, I don't have a ton of background in this. Like I am just like guessing and reading blogs on the internet on like the best ways to market yourself and this, that, and the other things. So, like a big first step for me was like transferring all of my social media to like posting pretty much just violin stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then that kind of creates like a buzz with like, you know, just like posting under hashtags and people finding you and just kind of being like, oh, here's like clips of these unreleased songs. And then kind of people are like interested in what you do. And then the next step would be like, to me is like release a single. Um, Cause that's like logically like, you know, give people a taste of your music. You have one song out there. It's like easy to just kind of put something out there for your fans and people to kind of like grasp onto, get an idea of what your sound is like. Um, and then from there, like wait a little bit so there's like some buzz built um and then release something more like an ep or an album just to like you know just like constantly be engaging your like fan base or whatever but also having enough time in between that you're not just like overloading them with information and they're like oh she already did something you know a month ago like oh i don't really want to listen to this like it it like creates kind of like a, a hype behind it mm -hmm. yeah so it does sound like there is some maybe strategic strategic thinking sounds like too businessy but maybe like being smart about how you engage the people who are like consuming your content and music um yeah. and it sounds like you have a you have a good amount of that like um going on which is awesome um and have you always known you wanted to do to do music or was this something you know you more recently kind of came about um i mean kind of forever yeah i started playing when i was in like third grade um and like, it was like one of the only things I was ever really good at. Like, 
you know, I was like, okay, in school, I did fine. Like I was a good kid, but like never found anything. Like I played like seven sports and hated them all. And I was like, gosh, like what the heck am I going to do with myself? Um, and then they like came to my school. They were like, here's all the instruments. And I was like, I want to play violin. Um, and then I chose that. Um, and just like, like got pretty good at it pretty fast. And my teachers in school were like, you need to like, to my parents, they were like, you need to encourage her. Like you should be sending her to private lessons. Like, and then kind of from there, I started doing private lessons and like doing all the outside of school orchestra stuff and that sort of thing. Um, and then when I was in like seventh, sixth, seventh grade, I was like, oh, like I definitely want to do this um, like for the rest of my life. Cause I wanted to do music education. That was like what I had my soul set on, um, which it's kind of changed, it, not completely, but um, I've known kind of like most of the time I've been playing music that like music was like what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. And uh, you own, you not too long ago, you, you started, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I like from what I saw on, um, on Instagram specifically, um, you started uh, like messing around with the electric violin or have you, has that always been something you were, you were playing? So I, actually got it i went to this like rock orchestra camp when i was a kid um which it was like run by this dude named mark wood he like helped form like the trans-siberian orchestra and he's like super cool he basically like invented the electric violin that i play like he's like the creator of that violin um and he has like the summer camp that he held every year um and i went i was like the youngest kid there like you got to try out the electric violins like i tried that violin when i was in like fifth or sixth grade and like fell in love with it i thought it was like the coolest paint job i was like like i like i want this um and like i didn't get it at first and then um in sixth grade i was like invited to do this um benefit concert um for like the muse art foundation i think it was called um with mark wood he like flew us all out to salt lake city um we got to play at the mormon tabernacle for like a couple thousand people um and i started i like i bought the electric violin for that purpose almost because he like wanted us all to be playing his instruments that sort of thing um and like showing off how like strings can be electrified and like it can be more interesting than just playing like a traditionally classical instrument um so i've had it for like ever but because of the nature of like growing up in a classical um like world where all my teachers taught classical there was really never opportunities to play my electric violin like i was almost forced to do classical my whole life and never really like thought that i wanted to do something different um and then i like toured berkeley and kind of realized i was like oh crap like i can play violin in a way that violin isn't traditionally played um and then like a couple months after that i like started actually playing my electric violin and then like when i got accepted into berkeley and then um like that summer before i came here i like really started honing in on playing electric violin and then over the past couple months i started doing the whole like singing songwriting with it so it was like a blip in time and then like a good couple year gap that i just like did not play it at all um and then i started getting like really into it because i found like i love playing around with it and like the pedals and just like you can do so much more fun things with it with it still being a violin um but yeah so definitely more recently i've been getting like delving into it more but it's been around for a pretty long time <laughs> okay gotcha and you mentioned the paint job is this the one that you saw at the camp like the one that you have right now yeah it's like a it's like one of a kind her name's annie haslam who does the paint job there's like a she like does them all in this kind of like you know swirly little like avant-garde looking abstract um thing um and all they're like all hand painted and i have like a matching canvas to it too so it's like one of a kind and it felt very like i was like this is so cool i'm a very like colorful artsy person if you can't tell by like the background and things like i just that's like i love that sort of thing um and i like fell in love with it and i was like ah i want it <laughs> yeah that's really cool um and your bio uh says sad songs for sad people can you explain that a little bit? 
Yeah. So this, I think I like wrote it on an Instagram post a couple weeks ago or like a couple months ago. And I was like, haha, like I'm singing sad songs for sad people. Cause like a lot of the music I write is like based on like mental health stuff that I deal with. Um, and I like to say like, I don't write anything that I haven't personally felt. And a lot of what I feel is like sad and like I deal with like depression and anxiety and things like that. Um, so like a lot of that um, gets kind of vented into my music. And I think I posted like, oh, I write sad songs for sad people. And my dad slid up on my Instagram and was like, you need to token that. So from that moment, I was just like, oh, so it's like cute. People kind of like it. So I just have started like, making that my signature that I like write sad songs for sad people. And it kind of sums up like the music I write very well without having to be like, oh, well, I write like this, you know, like a thousand different ways to explain it. Like the sad songs for sad people just like puts it out there. And I think it's kind of quirky and funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's just become my little slogan for my music. Yeah. And I guess what really matters the most is like how you feel about it. Right. And um, how you feel about the stuff that you put out there. And is Instagram the your main or is it like where, where what's which social media platform do you consider your your main one definitely instagram i use like tiktok instagram. i everything that i post on instagram usually just kind of gets stuck on like everything else um but mm -hmm. instagram is like i'm most heavily active on yeah do you like it or is that the one that you found the most traction on um yeah i think the most interaction is definitely the big part i've gotten frustrated with tiktok because it's like if you're not super super keen about like two to three times a day like consistent engagement your views just tank and it's like really really hard to like get your stuff out there like i had a few videos pop off like last summer like you know sixty thousand views and i was like great awesome like this is a great place to get noticed and then they started tanking and i was like great um and i haven't had much luck really i've never used twitter i don't like twitter it's strange but i'm starting to use it now and it's like very odd um, but Instagram is like the easiest to me and I can just like put everything on there and people use it pretty heavily. So I found the most success on Instagram. Yeah. And you mentioned that you use hashtags. Is that, do you find it like useful to, to do hashtags? Like do you find like you get actually like organic and like, like, cause I, well, I use hashtags for, for this account for, for this. And I feel like I get a lot of like bots telling me, Hey, like promote your thing here, promote your thing there. And then check your DM, your DM requests. Like we have an offer like to grow subscribers or whatever. Um, yeah. But have you found like real people actually like finding you through hashtags? Yeah, it's like a lot of bots. Like I'll post something and like literally within 30 seconds, I'll get like 10 comments. It's like promote it on, promote it on. And I'm like, yo, chill. Um, but <laughs> if like, I kind of count it, I always like to say like, if you put your name into 30 different things, I mean, you get hit with like one, that one person is great, you know? So there are like one out of every, however many um, are hits. And like, it's just a way to like put my posts on different places. Um, and I have gotten like, even though most of them are kind of sketchy, um, I do have people who reach out every once in a while, like who find me through, you know, tag locations and hashtags like you or the wedding group I actually work for, um, like found me on Instagram and was like, hey, we like what you do. And I was like, cool. And then they hired me and now I have a job. Um, mm -hmm. So it's been successful in a few places, but a lot of the times it's like very sketchy and it's like, okay, like lots of bots and just strange people wanting money from me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 think, I think I was looking up Berkeley's like location tag when I found yours and you popped up twice so like I'm like oh okay she must be like posting like consistently for her to pop up more than once so um <laughs> I ended up reaching out um but that's cool yeah so far for me it's just been bots uh which is okay no. <laughs> <You're> I'll, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there um cool and is um I want to ask this earlier um is the electric violin easier to use when you're trying to make um 
I don't know. I noticed the kind of songs you make are like, first of all, they're very like, uh, they're very real. It almost seems like a conversation, but then there's like music in the conversation almost. Um, and you can't do that, I guess, with a, with a regular violin. Is that a true statement? You, yeah, I mean, so the way I kind of write is I often, my acoustic violin is easier for me to just like play because I'm comfortable with it. And the electric violin, like the way it is on my body is like more uncomfortable to play with. So it's easy for me to like figure out the chords on my acoustic violin, like write the lyrics. Um, mm. My lyric writing process is weird. Like I just sort of like kind of like crap everything onto a piece of paper with chords. Um, and then I take it to my electric violin. And that's when I can like kind of build it into like more of like the emotional like sound that I want. Because when it's just chords on a violin, it just sounds like, again, like a dinky little ukulele or guitar. And like, there's nothing wrong with playing guitar or ukulele like as an accompaniment piece, but like, I'm not a singer and I know that. So I try to make like my electric violin parts more intricate and kind of cool with like adding little solo sections to kind of like highlight that I'm a violinist and not just a vocalist, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you can kind of create these just like ethereal noises that kind of help to um, like build the emotional aspect of the music better than just with like an acoustic, um, like just playing the chords on my violin or whatever. So it's definitely easier to get that kind of, um, like the emotion out of it that I want on my electric violin as opposed to my acoustic. Mm. So you start off with like the, the acoustic first and you figure out the the base of what you need to do and then you kind of go wild with your electric one. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you crap out your lyrics. Do you have any actual process of crapping out your lyrics or, um, um, or is it just, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear how you, how you write. Yeah, so I used to like be super keen on writing everything on paper because I was like, that's like the cool indie way to do it, right? And I, I just like threw that out the window because I'd have like thoughts just like on my day to day where I'd be like, I want to write this down, but I couldn't get it out on like a piece of paper fast enough and I can text way faster than I can like write, which is so terrible and like, you know, screenager of me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I just have like, like hundreds of notes on my phone. I just label it something stupid that I felt in the moment and I just have like, sometimes throughout the day, I'll just like be thinking or something will happen. And I like just either write down like what happened or like most of the time I think of like little one or two line, like almost just like poetry. Um, I think just very like, po like, I don't know. I feel like the best way to explain it is I have like a songwriter's mind. So when I'm going about my day, I like, I'm almost thinking in a way of like, oh, how can I turn this into a song? Or like, if something happens, I'm like, what's the poem I can get out of this? And then I kind of write that down. Um, and then they kind of get like, puzzle piece together so based on all these notes I have I kind of like bring different lyrics here and there um, and they kind of get pieced into like a mostly what I have um, and then from there I like kind of add chords to it and just like sing over it and I'm like because of having such a strong musical background like playing violin I can just like play chords and come up with melodies pretty easily um, and then it's just kind of like timing the words how I want them to um, and then very rarely I'll like sit down and try to just like write a song start to finish but most of it is like kind of puzzle piecing it um, with like a little mix of kind of um, you know sitting down and just like looking at what I have and then kind of coming up with lyrics as I'm like working on the song but a lot mm -hmm. of it is just like day-to-day -day poems that I'm coming up with that get like mashed together over time. Mm -hmm. D um, do you have any did you learn that from anyone or was that just you figuring, figuring out on your own? That was just me figuring it out. I used to write, I used to be like, you know, 
when I write songs when I was like a child thinking I wanted to be a pop star, right? Like I would sit down at the piano and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to write a song. And like, I'd try to write something and it was always bad because it was just like not well thought out. And there was like no like emotion in it. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm writing a love song. I've never been in love as a, you know, a second grader, but whatever. I was like trying to write music and that just like never worked for me. And as I grow older, I was like, oh, that's like not how my process is. Um, And I just kind of slowly found that doing kind of more of like the puzzle piece thing and just sort of writing everything down that I came up with was like a lot more efficient for me. Okay. So you, I think you just answered my earlier question, which you did er answer earlier when I asked you, have you, if you've always thought about music, or is this something that you recently kind of came about? You just said you've been writing songs in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Sort of. I guess I started playing in like third grade. Um, but that was like a bit of an overshoot. Um, but I started playing violin, but I didn't start singing or songwriting until like, I'd like did it a little bit when I was like, you know, in middle school and high school, but I really started doing it like my junior year of high school. Um, when mm -hmm. I, dived into like i'm gonna be a songwriter mm -hmm. like no <laughs> but you've been wanting to do it since at least second grade it seems like uh yeah. <laughs> that's 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 fair you've been preparing yourself for yeah, the, when when you're ready <laughs> yeah there you go uh do you uh do you have anyone either in family or friends who was like um who inspired you to to like want to be what you want to be now um not really. I mean, my grandma was a choir director for a while. She passed away before I was born. So I never got to meet her. And she was like the only really musical person in my family. Um, my dad like played guitar and kind of did that here and there, but he was never like super keen on it. But he thought like he was like wanted to make me a guitarist. He put this guitar in my hands when I was like three. Um, it was like we had this picture of me as a baby with this like giant guitar. It just like looks really funny. Um, but like I never picked up on it. Um, and I don't know really why I wanted to play or start because like no one in my family was I was kind of like the first person since like, you know, my grandma had passed who had like started doing music again. And like no one else in my family really does it. Um, my sister now does, but I don't know. My older siblings like did piano, but it was nothing serious. Um, and then when they came to my school in third grade, I was like, oh, I don't know. That looks like a fun thing to do. I mean, like mm -hmm. everyone was doing it. It was one of those things that like everybody saw the fun instruments and it was something new to do. So everybody signed up to play violin or cello or whatever. And then, I don't know, I just like clicked with it pretty fast and it, it it's now history. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. I assume not all the other kids who signed up with you to, to do it in third grade are still doing it. Um, no, very yeah. few of us. It's kind of funny to think about like all the kids who did band and orchestra in like elementary school. And then they just like dwindled throughout the years. And now like in college, there's only like a few of us from my high school who are like doing it as a major. A lot of people are doing it like, you know, they're still in marching band or doing like their pep bands and things like that. But like not a ton of kids went into, into it as like a full blown major like college thing. Mm -hmm. um, did you do you feel like you're your your school or your studies like help you a good amount in 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 being what you want to be or do you feel like you could have done you could do it without studying uh, uh, like you know majoring in oh, first of all what, what do you major in i'm a violin performance and music ed major okay do, do you feel like you've you're you're learning like things that are helpful for you to become a songwriter and uh i guess a violinist also yeah it's like an interesting toss up because like obviously for a music ed degree, like I kind of need the like degree for that, obviously, to get the licensing and like learn about like the psychology behind students and things like that. Like, I don't think I could have done that on my own. And obviously you do need a degree for that kind of job. The violin performance thing is like interesting because um, 
it could go one of two ways. I'm like, okay, well, if I didn't have this major, I'd probably still be fine. And like kind of what I'm doing with my music, I like thought I wanted to do songwriting instead of performance as a degree. But I was like, the way I songwrite, I don't want anyone to have a say in how I do that because it's unique to me. It's the way I do it. And I think that the way I do it is fine. Like, I don't really care what anybody else has to say about it. Like, it's what makes me feel happy. And it, it the music I make makes me, you know, feel like there's something for me to say. Um, so I didn't want like a degree in that. But with the performance thing, um, I think coming from a classical background, I don't have any knowledge of like how to play jazz violin or really how to play rock violin. Like being so technically sound, I feel like I could have figured it out on my own, but I'm also lacking like the knowledge of just like purely knowledge, right? Like my teachers are really well versed in jazz and things like that and know how to teach me how to transcribe. And I don't think I could have that done that like completely by myself. So the performance degree is really great just because it gives me like actual professors and teachers and things who are going to teach me things that I, um, you know, don't necessarily know. But of course, I could probably not have the degree and be fine with like singing songwriting and like being good on my instrument because I was like, you know, not everybody's a performer um, and they end up performing or they don't have a degree in it and they're in a band and doing totally fine. But um, I don't know. I think it just gives me like a more intuitive look at my instrument that I wouldn't have gotten without like somebody else kind of helping me through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like, obviously, I want to do medicine, right? And uh, I definitely need a degree to do what I want to do. Um, but, like, it almost seems like there's a lot of things in life where you can get away without the degree. And um, and with that, like, with the internet kind of becoming what it is now, you can learn a lot of these things online, right? So yeah. then what what's the value of, of these, like, all these, like, big institutions that, you know, take all our money? Um, yeah. And I think you kind of said it, like, just to having the mentors there who, like, kind of guide you at least um in some way shape or form that don't like don't necessarily exist on internet um as readily um but yeah it's cool to hear what everyone thinks about it and their perspectives um yeah i keep having by the way to go from gallery view to speaker view and every time i go back to speaker view our videos unfreeze so i don't know what the heck's going on i really hope this turns out okay um but the audio is going to be perfect uh, which is what matters um yeah and uh where did you grow up until you mentioned your high school did you grow up in boston or somewhere else no um pottstown pennsylvania it's like 30 minutes like west of philadelphia oh cool um my family lives in delaware north wilmington oh cool yeah so 30 minutes south of philadelphia um um, how's it how has boston been treating you pretty good I like it up here it's like a comfortable city to live in um like a good transition place to be and I like how there's just like always something going on whether it be music or food to eat or just a place to walk around and I love living in I grew up on a farm so this is like I, I always knew I wanted to live in a city and I love it I'm like finally there's like not cows next door <laughs> <laughs> um do you do you see yourself staying here for 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 a while or I think so I mean like I don't know. I want to like ideally take my music and like be on tour or whatever. And I like don't really have like much connection to places I've found. Like when I moved here, I was like, of course, I miss home. And it was more of like the shock of having to like be an adult, you know, um, mm-hmm. and like do everything by myself. That was like the biggest shock value. But I like really didn't miss being at home. Um, and like, sure, I love Boston. It's great. But, like, I also want to travel like crazy and hopefully like take my music to different countries and different places all over the world. And like, you know, different states, things like that. Um, but I think ideally, I do want to like come back here after a while um, and settle down. 
I like the city and I, I do want to work at Berkeley, like as a professor one day, um, mm -hmm. like taking the music ed thing um, to like the doctorate level. But I don't know. We'll see where life takes me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's cool. Um, so you do want to perform, but at the same time you want to teach like and that's like something that's important to you. Yeah. Cool. Cool. When, when did you discover that you wanted to, to teach? Um, I think when I was in like middle school, I was like, oh, I feel like I could do that. Like I really like, um, I don't know, I feel like I've always been like a natural teacher and like I've always kind of been like a leader in different things and whatever. And like, um, I just like like helping other people. Mm -hmm. um, and in like eighth grade, my band director let me conduct a piece with our band and like I got to kind of help them teach and things like that. Um, and I just like fell in love with like being in front of the group and kind of helping to morph the sound and like things like that. Um, and then when I was in high school, I was like a drum major in my marching band and like our band was really keen on like the drum majors had a lot of like responsibility when it came to um, like leading rehearsals and things like that. And I just really loved like being able to help people and like um, just kind of like use music as a way to like connect with students and things like that. Um, that and I had like a, a lot of like um, difficult situations with like music educators growing up, um, just kind of like, you know, sometimes feeling like I was being pit against other students or like, you know, just like little snide remarks here and there that just like made me question if I wanted to do music. And I just like never want another student to feel like there would be any question as to why they would want to do music. Um, and just like more of an emphasis on modernizing music education was always a big thing to me and, and why I wanted to do it. Because um, I watched so many orchestra students like fall out of love with it because they're like, I want to play Mo Bamba and all we play is Bach. And it's like, well, why don't you let your students play like fun songs that they like to hear on the radio? You know, it's like, um, like you have to kind of like grow and change the way that we're doing things in order for students to like keep engaging. Um, and that was like a big reason, just like watching my peers kind of hate it. I was like, I don't want anybody else to like hate it. And if I can do anything about that, like I would love to. So a little bit of like actual experience with it and just kind of like based on my prior experiences and kind of wanting to change how my classroom is going to be one day. Kind of mm -hmm. helped that. That's awesome. So you wanted to be a songwriter since second grade and then you wanted to be a teacher since middle school, somewhere in middle school. Um, wow. That's, is there anything else that you've discovered early, <laughs> early on in your life? About, no, <laughs> about your, not really. I, yeah. I, honestly, I wish, I wish I, I wish, I wish I was like you in that regard. I wish I was no, uh, what I wanted to do. I feel like I keep changing my mind every single day. And this podcast is like the last, the last one of these like decisions. I'm like, oh, maybe I can be like this one person, like, you know, like that talks to people. Um, it's nice, but, but it's also like terrible. <laughs> what's terrible about it? Well, it's like, I don't know, my whole life I've been like, you know, most of my greater childhood through high school was like dedicated to music. I was the kid who couldn't make it to things because I had practice. I couldn't, uh, you know, my mom wouldn't let me go to the concert because I had orchestra rehearsal. Um, I like spent hours in that practice room, like just trying to get good at what I do. And sometimes I feel like I lost like a childhood. And like now looking back on it, I'm like, am I anything but a musician, you know, like sometimes like at this older state in my life, I've like recently been having some existential crises, crisis of like, is this what I'm like meant to do? Like, it's all I've ever known. Like, am I Matilda without the violin? Um, because like everyone knows me as like the token violin girl. And I've always been that through high school and middle school. They were like, I was always the music kid. Um, and just sometimes it's like hard to like look back at kind of like what I lost through knowing so much about what I wanted to do. You know, I don't know. Some, I just worry that I like could have missed out on like, what if I wanted to be a doctor? I don't think I want to be a doctor, but like maybe I missed out on that because I spent so much time on music. But I also believe that you're kind of 
you know, where you're meant to be. And I think this is honestly where I am meant to be, but you know, it, the crisis goes through my head sometimes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll gladly switch with you. Uh, we're about to start. <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, we're about to start, uh, in the hospital in a couple of weeks. And, uh, I'm really excited about it, but it's going to be, I'm going to have zero time for anything else other than the hospital. But yeah. So if you if you really want to, I'm I'm more than happy. Yeah, I'll go in uh, with their no knowledge. Put your put your lab coat on and be like, ah, yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally him. I swear. <laughs> how do you think I'm gonna look when I start trying to play the violin and I've I don't, I don't even know how to hold it on my left or right shoulder? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's cool. Have, has there has there been anything that that you've thought about? Oh, maybe actually, I'm I might want to do this. I might want to try it. Or every time you've, well, I guess I don't know how many times you've had these crises or um, uh, in your life, but has there been anything else that you thought about that you can do other than, than music that was like kind of like close to it at least? Um, I'm like an artist other than doing music. So I do a lot of like painting, drawing, whatever, stuff like that. Um, I think if I didn't do music, I would have wanted to go into like design or something like that or like fashion design or something. Um, I, it would have to be creative. Like I'm just not an analytical person. Like I was terrible mm -hmm. at math and like science. Like, oh, I do actually love environmental science though. That was like the one thing in high school that I was like considering doing like marine biology and music for like a hot second because I like kind of loved like I love like the environment. Like I grew up on a farm, so I have like a soft spot for like conservation and stuff like that so i thought like mm -hmm. if i didn't want to if i wanted to do something totally different than music it would be like environmental science um but i always knew it was going to be something vaguely creative but music was always the thing that like felt logically lo most like okay i love doing this and i can get a job in it that'll probably pay my bills like being a music teacher was kind of like oh this is not only like a decision i would like to do but it's like a logical monetary decision things mm -hmm. like that yeah. yeah do you see yourself um uh, becoming a teacher like as soon as you can be one or do you think you're well I don't know maybe I don't want to probe too much into like what you want to do because maybe you like to live it one day at a time and my, my and my analytical brain is trying to like figure out what the plan is um, no I have like my next like 50 years planned out I'm like that kind of person oh there you go okay <laughs> tell me so when are you gonna start teaching <laughs> um it used to be like when I came to college I was like I'm gonna be a music teacher like right out of college like that's what I want to do teach at a high school level and then I've like now realized I'm like I hate school like knock a cap like just not never really loved being in a school environment I'm like do I want to do that my whole life um and I do love teaching but I've never liked being in a classroom setting um so I was like why don't I like you know reevaluate myself and then kind of like the whole like being a performer thing has become more um like i guess interesting to me so hopefully right out of college i'll be like on tour um making music and making enough of a living with that or piecing it together with like gigs studio work session work like maybe i'm in an orchestra maybe on a pit i don't know something something performance heavy um and then like through ideal would be being on tour um and then kind of like as i'm working on that either doing like you know working towards my master's and eventually my doctorate um Ah, I'm hitting things. Um, mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know, like somehow piecing that all together, whether it be at the same time, and I'm doing like an online degree while I'm on tour or whatever, um, or just gaining enough industry experience that I don't even need a doctorate to teach at Berkeley, that sort of thing. Um, but eventually just kind of piecing them all together um, as I just get older, um, but hopefully heavily performing and then doing education is kind of like my final destination until like I retire or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you have the, you have a, like a 50 year plan, but it's still not like, you know, set in stone. Like you're, yeah. 
I'm like, okay. the thing with music is it's very like, you know, being on tour is a dream and it happens to one in a million people. Um, I think I can make it happen, but it's also the toss up of like, what if I don't? So I have like this fallback plan that like, if I have to teach outside of college, if I have to, you know, give up on the performance dreams, I still have a music ed degree and can, can get a job and pay my bills like that. Um, but will I spend the vast majority of my college time and post-college career trying to make my like dream of being on tour happen? Yeah, sure. Um, but I also have like a, a plan, you know, um, just in case it doesn't work, but it's a lot of like kind of luck you have to think about. And it is unfortunately, which I hate is so much like day to day, just kind of like, there's a little bit of just kind of figuring it out and hoping you have the right context and you kind of just have to wait for the networking to happen. And like, it can't happen overnight, which irritates me. Um, mm -hmm. You can't have everything set in stone, but for the most part, I try to like at least have a, a general zigzaggy path that I want to, you know, go in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's something a lot of people like struggle with. I know I do too. Um, like having a plan, but at the same time, like living one day at a time, because if you live in the plan, you'll just be have so much anxiety, um, yeah. which I know I do, but um, networking. So is that, is that something that's teach, teach the ignorant person here? Is that something that's essential for someone who wants to perform? Very. It's a lot about like right place, right time. You got to make friends with the right people who have access to the venues, like, if you're friends with a big band or like you somehow managed to like get noticed by a bigger artist, like you can open for them, which is an automatic, like, you know, boost for your views and stuff. Cause people are noticing you. Um, even simple things like getting reposted by the bands you're doing covers of on Instagram. Like that's a little networking thing where it's like, sometimes like, like American football just like reposted my thing on Twitter and they were like, you're hired. So I was like, heck yeah, emailed their management and booking and was like, here's my resume. Here's everything about me. Like, if you ever need a violinist, let me know. Um, and I just like do stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, you'll put in 30 of those emails and maybe two will come out with successful things. But if you just like kind of, you do have to know the right people um, in the right places to kind of hopefully build where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, you're slowly like building your network or does, is it not something that like you think about I guess in that regard, you just kind of like try to do every interaction, like kind of as positively as possible. Um, it's a little bit of both. I think like right now I'm like so new to like, I'm just starting to kind of, you know, email people about like, Hey, can I book a show with you guys? Like I'm very new to all that and it's kind of scary, but I'm like talking to my friends who have kind of been doing that. Um, and like just kind of slowly starting to build connections, like even just through my peers at college and things like that. Um, but it's a little bit of everything, just kind of waiting for the right people. Um, and I'm sure like when I go to college, like actually in person in the fall, it's gonna be a little easier to like actually network and like use my professors as people. And then your friends who know friends who know somebody who can get you in places. Um, so it's a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Do you have any friends who are um, kind of as serious about performing as you are? Um, there's a lot of people probably at the, at the college that are, but are you friends with anyone? Yeah, um, it's like a big mix because Berkeley's so um, like different with kids who want to do like production, but there's also kids who want to do composition and then there's also kids who want to do education and then performance. So it's like not everybody's there to be a performer. Um, there's definitely like some bands and things who are like really uh, like, you know, trying to network themselves and get out there. There's like not too many from what I can see, like in my grade quite yet, um, just I think because of like COVID and not, it's been really hard to like get bands together and things like that. But there's definitely kids releasing music um, and trying to make it happen, you know, just like playing house shows and stuff like that, um, doing the best they can for 
you know, what we have right now. Mm -hmm. Is is Berkeley like the top one destination for music? Um, it's they consider it the number one contemporary music school in the world, which is like, because if you put it on par with like Juilliard and Curtis, it's difficult to compare them because Juilliard and Curtis are like the best music schools in the world, but they're also like classical conservatories. And what they teach there is a lot different than what you can get taught at Berkeley. You know, like you can't do production at Juilliard. You can't do, I could be totally wrong. Maybe you can now, but for the <laughs> most part, like Berkeley has like the production the very avant-garde contemporary aspects of music that you can't get at something like Curtis, which is like, mm -hmm the hardest school to get to into like in the world like they'll pay for your school if you go there but it's like a conservatory setting where it's very classical so like putting those two on the same playing field is difficult to compare because they're what they do is so different but they consider mm -hmm. it like the number one contemporary music school um because it is like it's like the best of what you can get um for all those different things mm -hmm. so did, did it feel like a big accomplishment for you to, to get into or did you not really like think about it that way it was like December 18th, I think was when I found out I got in best day ever. Like I Ooh. never felt so proud of myself. And like, I got a scholarship to go to the school and it was like the first thing in my life that felt like I did this like for mm -hmm. me. And I took the burden of the money off my parents. And it was just like, I didn't like, it was my thing, you know, and it was like my talent earned this money to go here. And I got in here and it was like all because I worked really hard for it, you know? And it was just like something very, very rewarding to be like, holy crap. And I don't think you like realize that your school's good. And then you kind of go there and it's just like, feels like you just go to college. It's like, oh, whatever, you don't think about it. But then when you're like talking to other people and they're like, oh my God, you go to Berkeley. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah like like what about it you know um but it, it's just it is really cool and when i got in it was like it felt like a really really like just proud moment of my life i've you know it was like cool to call i remember calling my parents when i got in um and i was like dad you're not gonna believe this and they like didn't believe me at first and i was like no like i got in <laughs> like, it was very funny yeah <laughs> did you uh, uh didn't believe you at first but uh did did you mm. Did you, th so were you, were you trying to get in here before or were you just trying to get in like whatever the best place you can get into? Um, I, I like actually didn't like Berkeley when I first visited it, but it, that was oh. purely become, because I was coming from like a classical background. And I hope I no one's listening from Berkeley. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, there was a, re there was like a logical reason behind it. Cause I was a classical violinist and coming to like this mm -hmm. jazz school, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, I can't play violin jazz. And then over the years I was like, um, you know, like over a year or so I was like, <laughs> I want to do this. Like, I don't, I don't want to be put in a box with how I play violin. And I like quickly realized that Berkeley was like the only place I could do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I like kind of dug myself a college application hole <laughs> where I was like only happy with Berkeley. And I like missed a ton of deadlines, only ended up applying to Berkeley and uh, UCLA and like just dug myself a hole. And I was like, I don't know what to do if I don't get into Berkeley, like I'm going to be unhappy. Um, and then I ended up getting in and it was fine and we could, you know, move past it. But it was a little nerve wracking. My parents weren't exactly happy with me when um, I dug myself that hole. But it, it all worked out for the best. So. Yeah, you made it. Um, and that's that's honestly pretty, I mean, that's pretty wise of you to like, to have to like in retrospect to look back and realize that like, okay, before coming here, you're like, you're a classical violinist. How are you going to fit in? But then after like learning about what it is that now you can do with your instrument, yeah. Um, you kind of look at it like with more gratitude and like, oh, like I'm actually, I'm glad I'm here. And it's probably the only place I want to be. Um, right, yeah. um, and I feel like you probably, it sounds like from your personality, you probably would have felt the same way to like any school you went to. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but maybe that's just me. Um, a little bit. I'm kind of like, I was super particular about like my colleges. Like I it wanted to be a city school. I wanted to be like not in Pennsylvania and it like had to be in music school and there like weren't many options. Yeah. And I was like, 
crap, you know? Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people like coming from a classical music background, like kind of have the same reaction when they see Berkeley. It's like, oh, that's very avant-garde. Like you can't play violin in that sense. And it was like so ingrained in my head that I like had to be a classical musician. That's like why I was so hesitant to wanting to go to Berkeley. And then it like took me kind of slowly finding myself that I was like, you can do whatever you want with music. Like Bach does not have to be the end all be all of being a violinist, you know? Yeah, wait, so you've never, so it wasn't easy for you to, to make that transition. Because when we first started this conversation, I honestly thought you've always been who you are now. Like this, like, don't put me in a box. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to make the music that I want. And the music you, you make is very unique. Um, so it, was, it wasn't that easy, huh? No, when I came Ooh. here, I like moved to Boston, like whatever, two semesters ago. I'm like, I guess a year ago now. Um, and I was like all alone in a big city. So that was scary enough. And I was like, just felt really like, I was just like lost in one who I was as a person and as a musician. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go to Berkeley. It's gonna be great. And then I started classes and I was like, I am so out of place. I was like, I don't belong here. I was like, you know, it was one of those like, holy crap, like, am I gonna drop out moments? It was just mm -hmm. like, this is awful. Like I, like, I don't feel like I can play my instrument like how I, you know, know how to play it. Like I was so good at like copy pasting concertos and I had really great technical background. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, take all the rules, you know, and break them. And it was like, whoa. And you know, when you hear like, you know, you get to break the rules, people are like, that's so easy. But it's like going from playing Bach all the time and, you know, major symphony works to being like, transcribe the solo, learn how to improv. I'm like, this is a little too woo woo for me. Like I'm, I'm really <laughs> lost. Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and it was like, it was definitely culture shock. I remember like having some really like, just like sad phone calls with my mom and just being like, I don't feel like, like I belong here. Like I just feel so out of place. Um, and it was like really stressful and it was culture shock. And I remember like my second semester when they opened campus a little bit, um, everyone at Berkeley loves to jam. Like you just get a group of people together and you just sort of like make music. I went to my first jam, I went home and I cried. I was like, I don't know how to like sit in a band of players and like be anything other than like, you know, play Bach or whatever. Like I can't play like pop music on this instrument. Like I like nobody's ever taught me how to do that. It was very, very scary. Um, and I'm like getting better at it. I'm still terrified every time I step into a jam. Um, but mm. it, it has definitely taken me like a hot second to kind of become like the person that I'm like, I am right now. Um, and I'm definitely still growing and learning. And it's it was it was like total culture shock when I moved to Berkeley, but making it work over time. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually have a dropout moment? Or was that just an expression that, that you said? Uh, I don't think like a total dropout moment, but it was just very like, oh like this did I make a bad choice here like should I have gone to like the conservatory route and then I slowly found I was like I can do what I want with this like that's what you've always wanted you know because like growing up I was super classical but there was always this little part of me that like you know I went to rock orchestra camp and I really liked it and I like always liked playing pop music and there was always like a tinge of me that was like didn't necessarily want to do classical like I remember um like the pivotal moment in my private lesson career was my teacher was like Matilda your name isn't written on that piece of music you can't do what you want with it and like I can picture standing in that room and him telling me that and I was just like like I want to do what I want with it, you know? Like, I don't wanna have to be so confined to like copy pasting things all the time. Like, why can't I just mess with this piece of music? You know, like, like music is not meant to just be like what the old white men wrote and then taken through history. Like, of course there's a respect and I totally appreciate Mozart and Bach and Beethoven, whatever, like for what they did. But I also think that times are changing and you need to grow and change. And that's something like I just was never exposed to. Um, so I, there was always like a bit of me that wanted to do that. And it wasn't until Berkeley that I could like 
actually feel encouraged to do that. But it was also like very scary to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I guess that's one of the bad teacher experiences that you had that also influenced you to want to be a teacher one day. Not um, a bad teacher. He was great. Very not lucky. bad. Not bad. Okay. Me very far. But I do remember him <laughs> saying that. And I was just like, like, I, I want to do something like I want to change the way I'm playing this instrument. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not meant to be a classical violinist, you know, and some people are and good on them. But like, I just I couldn't stay in the confines. I've never been like, I've always been a very like, um, independent child and person. Um, my parents could never quite like pin me down. It was like, I wanted to dress myself for school pictures. I want to play this music the way I want to, you know. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> wow. So but, but still, even for someone like you, it was so hard to, to, to learn to, to change. Um, and I assume like the mental piece of it was probably like the hardest, um, like you just described to me of this change. But technically, was it was it actually like that difficult for you to do after you realize that you actually want, you know, you want to go to these jams and try to play pop music? Was the technical piece like like difficult, difficult or I don't know? I think it was mostly mental. Like I would say I'm like very strong player. Like I can play kind of anything, but it's like the fear of doing it sets me back like three levels, you know, I'm just like, all of a sudden, I forget how to play and I forget how to like calmly play like improv and things like that. And it always happened in my private lesson, my teacher is like, you're tense, like just chill out and improv for me, you know, like you don't have to like be putting on a show like it's just, you just got to go and play. Um, so it's a big mental component that put me back. Um, I'm getting better at it and like kind of just being able to chill into it. But it's definitely nerve wracking when you have like, no experience doing this stuff. And it feels like everybody's already like totally ahead of you, you know? Mm -hmm. um and are people usually is it when you go to these jams is it just you like the people playing or is, are there people listening it's usually just people playing you get people a group playing. of friends together and you're like oh it's like jam over this jazz standard and then you're all just kind of like messing around with it or like choose a key and then you all just kind of like mess around with it oh, that's cool um and have you found um at all that you having the background that you have has been beneficial at all potentially in <laughs> it is. I would say I like it's I don't want to put words in your mouth or like ask a leading question but that was a leading question because I felt like there it was <laughs> yeah no I feel like definitely coming from like a such a strong technical background it's so much easier to break the rules than have to like learn them this late in life oh. you know it's easier to like take what I know um and be like like I don't have to think about like intonation very often you know because I just have like such strong technical background and doing all that that it's a lot easier for me to just like kind of be able to mess around with it but it is so new that it's scary but I did have like a great theory background and stuff like that so I found it a lot easier to like break the rules after I learned them um as opposed to the opposite way around oh that's an interesting concept um that's probably a really good quote too so when you're famous one day hopefully people <laughs> will look back at this at this podcast and be like that's when she said that breaking the rules is easier than learning them um, <laughs> uh, well cool um, I don't have too many more questions, honestly. And this was really, really, really insightful. Um, do you have anything that you want to say or you want to ask me? Not really. <laughs> no. What, when do you think we can expect um, an EP from you? Uh, EP, give it like six, seven months. Um, hopefully a single will be out by like the end of 2021. I'm getting my band together um, and we're like working on some stuff. So pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, what kind of band? What's who's what you got in the band? It's gonna be me on violin and vocals, and then a bassist and a drummer. Nice. Um, all from Berkeley. 
Probably. Yeah. I don't have the people quite sorted out yet. Um, yeah. but yeah, working on it. <laughs> gotcha. No problem. No problem. The, the networking piece. You got it. Um, well, awesome. Where can people find you, Matilda? And um, how can they reach out if they want to? All my social media is at Matilda Heckler. Matilda has an E at the end because it's spelled funny. Um, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, I think my email is kind of on everything. There's a contact box on my website for like collabs, lessons, performances, things like that. But it's all Matilda Heckler for the most part. Cool beans. So I'll stop.